The Entrepreneur Adventure, giving entrepreneurs the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. If you've never heard it said, without vision, the people perish, then you got to get into your Bible a little bit more. That's a very famous Bible verse. And also one of my favorite quotes here from the Entrepreneur Adventure podcast. I'm your host, Josh Melton, the side gig prophet, joined today by my co-host who hates when I call him the co-host because in all reality, we're joint equal partners. We're both host Chad Brown, the serial CFO, and we have the privilege of interviewing Laura Whitaker, the executive director of Extra Special People in Watkinsville, Georgia, who is one of the, if not the, most visionary leaders I've ever met. Not just great at casting vision, but great at creating it. And the things that Laura's been able to do through Extra Special People in a project of theirs called Java Joy that we'll talk about today are just absolutely miraculous. So here is the episode and interview with Laura Whitaker. Today is going to be an awesome episode for you all. We have with us such an awesome entrepreneur, rock star, ESP, Java Joy, Laura Whitaker. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. How we, fun. We're so excited to have you. It's going to be a fun episode. We get to dive into, you have so much going on. You're like cross country things in Georgia, things in California, all in between, nonprofits, businesses, uh, managing volunteers. This is going to be an awesome episode. So let's dive in. Yeah. So Laura, we planned this episode. I don't know how long ago it was, but we planned this episode and we and Chad talked and we're like, this is the day before the Stronger Business Summit, of which you're a speaker. You didn't have anything else going on today. I already, We've already talked about this. Just a major <laughs> event you came here from. We got this thing tomorrow. We're like, we're entrepreneurs. Let's get it done. So we're all rolling real fast today, doing crazy stuff. But we are so excited to have you. And we want to hear more about how you got started with ESP because it's such a great story. And then rolling into the Java Joy story because that's just the one for me that just everything you've done with ESP over the years has blown us away. But the Java Joy thing for me is like, good night, what's the daggum limit for Laura Whitaker <laughs> at ESP and what she's doing with her mission, vision, and purpose? So get us started. Tell us what you do at ESP and how you got there. Yeah. So pretty much from the age of 19, I haven't stopped. Um, I've been at ESP for 16 years, so you can do the math. Um, started as a volunteer, went to the University of Georgia, and ESP was very small at the time. We were serving 20 kids, heard about this really cool place, just like college students do now, and uh, went over to Watkinsville. I'm from Atlanta, so saw cows and horses on my way, and thought, <laughs> where am I going? And went to Watkinsville and fell in love with this little place called ESP, or Extra Special People. And our mission is really to uh, provide opportunities for people with, of all abilities, we say, people with developmental disabilities, but we say all abilities, um, to have transformative opportunities and experiences, changing communities for the better. And that's really our mission. So we do that through after-school programs, family support, through counseling for families, um, and then we do that with Java Joy. And so my real story is that our founder, our executive director at the time who started the program was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Hmm. And so I was honestly the, um, the stupid 19 year old that said, yeah, I can run this nonprofit <laughs> because every, every person at 19 thinks they can do anything. Right. And, um, I, I had fallen in love with it during summer camp. And so I said, sure, I'll, I'll give it a go. And now they can't get rid of me. So you're 19, you become the executive director for this small nonprofit in Watkinsville, Georgia. Again, it's you and the cows hanging out. That's right. How long had you, had you worked and volunteered at ESP before you became the, the person in charge? 
So I had worked there for one year, um, a summer camp counselor. Summer camp was really all we did at the time. So I was a summer camp counselor and um, volunteered throughout the year at our Saturday program. And then the following summer became the executive director. Which is crazy. It is crazy. We can all look back. Did you know it was crazy then? You know, um, yes and no. I think the way that people looked at me, I was like, oh, this might be crazy. Um, My parents also thought it was crazy. They wanted me to graduate. (laughs) Uh, and which I did, and I ended up getting my master's as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was crazy. It was crazy at the time. But the beautiful thing is I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I started out not knowing anything, and I surrounded myself with people who knew things. And then I've never stopped doing that. So, so at this time, now is this something you volunteered for or somebody like said, hey, we want you to do this? How did, how did you leap to accept this position? So the founder's husband and daughter actually interviewed me at their kitchen table. There was no other okay. options. So I was a great one. So, a little um, pressure there. This person's yeah. breathing and yes, energetic. Yes. She's volunteered. She's got a year she's of experience. She's in town and exactly. she's at her table. That's right. Sold. That's right. And um, and I was super cheap because they said, we'll pay you $10 an hour, but we had a, we have a $50,000 deficit. So once you actually raise the money and plan the camp and do all the things, if there's anything left over, we'll give you a paycheck. Wait a minute now. This is like reverse commission pay so it is reverse you, commission. You, you you we're going to pay you but you got to overcome a fifty thousand dollar deficit and then you can get paid wow i know the story just keeps getting <laughs> crazier is... but it really i mean it was it was um it i was in love with the mission and i couldn't help but imagine a world in which there wasn't an esp and so i was so committed to it and what's so beautiful about it is now that we have 2,000 college students every year that volunteer for ESP, I see that same twinkle in those 19-year-old's eyes. Like they love, eat, breathe ESP. And it reminds me of what I felt like when I was 19 as well. So how many kids are you dealing with now? You said there was like 20 kids that you guys were serving just throughout the summer for the most part back then? That's right. That's right. And now we serve kids every single day. Um, We serve over 600 families, so it ends up being over 3,000 people that we serve every year. That's amazing. So the 19-year-old Laura, were you a leader? Were you at at that point in your life, were people just following you, and did you have that entrepreneurial spirit, or was this something that just there was so much passion behind you figured it out? You know, I don't think I would have said I had an entrepreneurial spirit then. I was always that. I'm I'm a second girl. I was always that child that... Um, parents had to guide. I was very strong-willed. I was very outspoken. I had a large group of friends. I was in every friend group in high school. Um, I was the leader of several civic organizations and student government. All of Social, those things. Social, extroverted, all those. Totally yeah. extroverted. Um, and I thought I wanted to be a teacher. And I would have been a terrible teacher. Um, I was put in the right place at the right time. And really, I am an entrepreneur. And I get to do that for good and I get to create this magic. Uh, You know, what was just in Georgia now is in San Francisco and is about to be in several other states. And it's so much fun to be an entrepreneur and then to watch people's lives change at the same time. To say you're an entrepreneur is such an understatement to me because for me and my businesses as an entrepreneur, I have trouble leading people and I pay them. You (laughs) lead people and they're not even paid. And Hundreds of thousands of people. It is wild. Yeah, she's like, got thousands of people who are like, hey, 
Pick me to work for free this summer. <laughs> yes. I'll even, I don't know if you make them. I'm up. throwing money out the door yeah. and I can barely get people to do what I need them to do. So, uh, and that and that's the power of a really great mission, right? Yeah. And a great culture within an organization. And honestly, I mean, I was doing it at 19 and I didn't have a boss. And so that just really goes back to the power of a mission. And, and it's an honor to be called an entrepreneur by a for-profit entrepreneur because it's taken nonprofits a long time to get the street cred that we deserve, that we are business owners and we are economic drivers in the community and we are entrepreneurs. And it's been really fun to kind of turn the tables on what entrepreneurship looks like through the nonprofit lens. That's awesome. And you see that now with the culture, a lot of businesses are starting to not only understand and plug into that, they're seeing the value as a business to being a part of the community and plugging in in those places. It's it's a win all the way around. And I think you all figured that out way before we did as business owners, uh, kind of on the cutting edge of this movement behind community and nonprofits and businesses all working together. And it's really good for everybody. It's a huge win. So the question I have, Laura, as a 19 year old version of you, like was the vision, what was the vision when you're starting? Because again, you just, we just described you were, how many volunteers volunteered with you back in the day at 19? About 30. 30. And now you have thousands. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about exponential growth. What kind of vision did you have at 19 with this thing? I mean, it was the first vision like, I think I can get us out of this $50,000 hole. Yeah, yeah. Like, where are you at? You, d- you didn't see what you see now, though, did you? No way. I, you know, I... <laughs> you so, probably ran for the hill. Totally. I mean, there's there's really true brilliance, I think, in not knowing what you don't know. And But I think I got addicted to it, honestly. I think as we grew and as people fell in love with the mission in the same way I did, um, I, I grew addictive to watching people fall in love with ESB and then serving more families. And it just, I, I still, I'm still addicted to it. I'm still on the high of what ESP can provide to people without disabilities and people with disabilities. Yeah, Cause every time you guys grow to another level, there's a ratio, there's the equivalent to like, that's more lives that are changed. And what you're doing is 100% changing lives. Like for the, for the kids and the people in your program, man, I think even more so for the, for the families the support that you guys offer. So yeah, I could see how that cause-oriented vision mission of like, well, look, we got to go serve more people, which means we got to build this, which means we got to get money. And I want to talk about that part for a second. You guys were in this building for a long time, which I don't think many of us would say was like incredibly desirable to probably to build a program in. Grateful that you had it, place for the, for the families, place for the kids. And you went from this place to this state-of-the-art crazy facility, like amazing. And me and Chad got to be part of like seeing you guys building it. And, and everybody's just like, Laura, what can we do to help? Like, how can we give you money? How can we give you service for free? What can we do? I've never seen anything like it. A community so behind a project that they're all just saying, yeah, well, what do you need? Tell us what you need. And we're going to we're gonna do it for you. Not only that, it's still going. There's ball yes. fields and there's connections to parks and it's amazing. And that, yeah, it's crazy. So I, I love, now it's the power of that vision and people are behind Laura Whitaker as this visionary leader because honestly, Laura, the thing for me, when I see in you, I've told people locally, we're talking about leadership. I'm like, if you want to talk about leadership, go talk to Laura because you can see benchmarks. Like this is where we were five years ago. This is where we were 10 years ago. This was 15. Like people get behind Laura's vision. They contribute their time. They contribute their money. They contribute their energy, just whatever. I was thinking about Michael Cyber earlier today and I thought of you because I was like, I don't know. He's just done stuff with you guys along for a long so time, much. but all of these people that got behind your vision that weren't associated with ESP. They're not part of the program from the standpoint of utilizing it with their families, but they're like, 
I got to be a part of this mission, which I think around the country is completely overlooked. And in a town of hundreds of nonprofits, you probably know the exact number. ESP is the most well-known, well-respected nonprofit there is against all the ones that we've all heard of. It's like, what nonprofit do you love? And we're like, BSB, Extra Special People. It's crazy the stuff that you've been able to do. So I want to talk about vision because you just do that better than anybody I know to get people behind it, which is again, the power of a true vision is will anybody listen and follow it? Right. And I think, you know, to answer your question, 569. There's 569 organizations in the there, Athens see, area. So um, that, that's the it. answer to that question. But, um, yeah, so I think, you know, what's interesting about what you said in terms of, of Laura's vision, I think the key behind um, having strong vision is that it's not, it doesn't feel like Laura's vision, right? It feels like who, it feels like Chad's vision or it fe- who, whatever person is involved that, the leader of the organization and, and, and kind of the cadence that we have at ESP is that I envision myself, and I'm t- going to talk about this tomorrow as the captain, right? But it takes a crew in order to get to a location. And the whole crew has to be bought into the destination. The whole crew has to be involved with the process. The whole crew has to desire the future destination in order to get there. And they feel like it's their destination. They benefit just as much as the captain benefits. And so... I think what's beautiful about ESP is that people who catch the vision, whether it's Java Joy or the ball field or the new building, we went from 1,200 square feet to 14,000 square feet. And yeah, we won this Georgia Architectural Award, which people don't build beautiful things for people with disabilities. And I was like, we're going to build something beautiful for people with disabilities. And yes. But that is the, the idea that it can become, um, I'll never forget, the opportunity to walk on to the construction site with my pink hard hat and every person that came to build the building, whether they spoke English or not, I told them what they were doing and what they were a part of and what they were creating. And so um, the sidewalk people came and I went out there and I pointed to the kids that were down the road and said, this is what you're building it for. And um, these were men that were, were working to feed their families and they went back to the owner of the company and said, we're not taking a paycheck for this pro- for this pro- project. And the owner called me and said, Laura, I don't know what you did to my guys <laughs> today, but they're not taking, I'm going to pay them, but I'm not going to charge you. And it was like an $8,000 project. So that's really, you know, if you can, if you can help someone that doesn't speak the language, that doesn't even have experience with people with disabilities to understand how their hands and their time and their work is creating good for someone else. We all want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. I guarantee you, they've never built a better sidewalk. They've never built a better sidewalk. They've never built one because their heart and soul is going into the concrete. It was was like very clear that, again, they saw the vision. They knew exactly what they were doing. You pointed it out to them, which is awesome. How much money was donated in services without for the building? It's some crazy amount, right? It was around $4 million, yeah. Amazing. So this is, and she got her, she, you know, busted her chops at 19 to overcome the $50,000 deficit. And she just started doing millions a couple <laughs> years later. That's great. Absolutely. Is that, is that vision something that you continue to learn and polish along the way? Or is that something like a light bulb that hit you one day? How did you translate into being so successful in casting that? You know, I think it, it starts with compassion. It's right. like the first tool that I use and seeing a need and 
you know, creating vision, whatever it is. If you're selling socks, you know, or if you are serving kids with disabilities, people need socks. So there's compassion along with that. Or people need services or people need to be fed or whatever it is. And so I think it's always kind of any any new thing that we've done. You know, I, I'll never forget a parent telling me that they have two sons, one who's typical, the other who has cerebral palsy. Their typical child they, they watched as, as the child grew up in t-ball, in little league, played baseball, and they were always able to be on the side of the other fence and cheer their, their child on and watch them learn leadership skills and failure and all this stuff. And their child with cerebral palsy has never had that opportunity. And that story I heard over and over and over again. And so the vision of the Miracle League field where every kid of every ability has the opportunity to play and um, and be a part of a baseball team really came from that idea of compassion, as did Java Joy. So all of it kind of led from a place of compassion and, and courage. Um, and there's, there's all kinds of C words that I look forward to talking about tomorrow. But that's really how it evolved. Each time a new vision has been casted at ESP, it started with compassion first. That's amazing because that's a level that I haven't even considered in part of what you're doing, I looked at it as, okay, we're going to have awesome facilities and awesome places for people to come and enjoy themselves. But you're teaching life lessons. You're teaching that those successes and failures and teamwork and all the things to succeed in business and entrepreneur and life for kids and families that don't have that opportunity that's never even existed in that realm. Uh, That's... That's a level I'm learning right now that just gives me chills. That's really freaking cool. And people who don't have experience with people with disabilities. I mean, my favorite part of Java Joy is that it's a moment of engagement. That even if you've never had experience with people with disabilities or very limited experience, you have this moment of engagement and you suddenly realize that there were people created with different abilities. And I can't be a Joyrista and you guys can't be a Joyrista but we have 19 joyristas that are employed in Athens, Georgia that were created with different abilities that can create a joy that I can't create. And so that changes the perspective of people that aren't even in our quote service area. It's changing lives of people even outside of our reach. Okay, so you start with compassion when you're building this vision. And obviously you like you just see the light in your eyes, like you are so bought in and like so into it. How does that translate to hundreds and thousands of volunteers do you like hold a sermon at sunrise every morning like what in the (laughs) world do you do to cast this out and make it have legs oh gosh so many things i mean i think um culture is a big part of basically what what i'm saying is i want to go to like laura whitaker like vision school like i need to learn teach (laughs) <laughs> no, and you know, I've made a ton. I don't want to sit here and pretend like I, I know everything. I've made so many mistakes, and that's helped me. You know, I'm, I'm going to talk about criticism and what criticism can do to help shift your vision and help um, build your vision. And that's been a big part of my story. I mean, I was 19, I was blonde, I was a student at the university. <laughs> What person in their no right credit or respect? I no bet, from, credit. Yes. No credit. They're oh, like, yeah. what is this sorority girl doing, thinking <laughs> yeah. that she can run a business? Yeah. And um, and so criticism is a big part of my story, to be honest. And it it oftentimes drove me to prove people wrong. Um, yes. And there were times I had to you know to listen and shift my vision based on criticism. But um, I think a lot of it has to do with finding the right people. I mean, I cannot 
talk more. Finding the right people is so important for a team. And we spend so much of our time building uh, the 18 full-time staff that we have now all pretty much came through the pipeline of volunteering and interning and working and were captivated by the culture in the same way I was when I was 19. Um, so I think culture is so so big. We call it the culture of celebration at ESP. So everything that you do, if it's a Java Joy event, if it's at a baseball field, if it's um, whatever it is, if you're just meeting with a corporate partner or future volunteer, you feel celebrated. There's this idea of this celebration. It's a birthday party. It's a crazy flag man dancing around. It's a blow up thing. It's a loud song. It's a cheering your name. And that culture of celebration is attractive to people. And I think Absolutely. it catches people and it brings them in and it makes them feel celebrated and makes them want to give back. Chad Laura's talking about criticism and making mistakes. And she only shared half of the story about the concrete guys earlier. So she stopped them in their tracks. She says, guys, look down there. This is who you're serving. These guys start thinking about giving all their money away to ESP. They're just like, they're construction guys with a hard hat and a tear in their eye. And then Laura walks right across the wet concrete, just steps right in. <laughs> Footprints all over it. Laura Whitaker tracks is what we call it now. It's supposed to be there. there. She go. cast a new vision for it. There we go. We did put the kids' hands in the concrete. And I'll never forget, you know, there's this whole construction site and there's all these machinery around, da da Everyone looked at me like, Laura, we're not putting kids with special needs on the site. Like, that's there is nothing safe about that. Like, like, oh, yes, we are. Oh, wait, excuse me? Who, you know, who's paying you? <laughs> yes, we are absolutely Love putting it. their hands in the concrete. Yeah. And we did. And they're lined up by the building. Yeah. And that's important. Because it's, it's about all abilities, for. right? Yes. Here we go, man. Line up. And we're, yeah. we're building all this so stuff. So walking in, it. you get to see the handprints. Oh, yeah. And, oh, that's really impactful oh, yeah. and cool. I like that. So... Here you are, you're leading thousands of people, you're building multi-million dollar buildings. I mean, you've accomplished something in a nonprofit that most people strive their whole lives to accomplish in business, and you've done it in your 30s. This is amazing, but that's not enough. Now you decide you're gonna start some coffee company based on nonprofits and missions with ESP, and you're gonna spread it across the country. Tell us more about that. I, I see the the vans and the signs. I don't, I don't even know how big it is at this point. So yeah, I want to hear the vision story on this because it, it's like, hey, let's build this $4 million, whatever it is, $4 million building. Just Let's do this thing. Let's I would probably retire donate. at that point. I'm like, hey, I'm out. I'm going to go to the yeah. beach, kick my legs up. You can't retire in nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah, seriously. Like who's 19? That okay, so that don't, there's no like, there's like no nonprofit like Compassion Bank 401k over there. <laughs> there's not. I mean, I'm, I'm saving for retirement, but it's going to be slow. I just got to know like the the panic attack level that goes on at ESP and specifically probably you have a board of directors or something. Your board of directors when Laura goes, I have an idea. They're like, oh dear oh, God, boy, oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> but yeah, so the Java because again, it, it's not just it's one thing to do that here locally, but then somehow we end up not the next city over. We're like, hey, let's take it to the other side of the country and do this. California. That, yeah, let's go to California. Because who don't want to go to California? Why I know not? people that's never even been flown to California. Yeah. Here you are starting yeah. businesses in California. Yes. Tell us more. Unique business. Start us out here. Start Tell us, us out. about this okay. vision and how we... Well, yeah. I mean, it is funny because when I say I have an idea, I think everyone does kind of like hold on to the table <laughs> a little bit. It's like an earthquake. But I've learned to say like, let's brainstorm about something. And then people feel like, oh, mm. we're just like entertaining an idea. And then they realize, no, it's really an idea that we're actually going 
wanting to implement one can day. I, can I just, sling a question in real quick like for you? It's like a fishing hook. Like I feel like I just... No, yeah, because she, she realized that people started passing out when she starts talking. She's like, I should probably say something before to keep them from passing out. Anxiety attacks, anything like that. Enneagram number? Do you have an Enneagram oh, number you, you want to sling this? I mean, I'm going to say a three or an eight, but I'm going to go with the eight. I'm a three. All right, you're three. I'm a hardcore three wing two. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could, well, yeah, it makes sense because your like, service to humanity thing is like super high, and that's the two in you, right? And then three okay. is like, we can do whatever. Let's achieve, put Java Joy achieve, on the moon. Achieve, Yep. Okay. Yeah. Guys, I just wanted to factor that into. And I love the Enneagram, by the way. I've done all of the personality tests, but we use the Enneagram at ESP every single day. All of our coaching sessions, all of our feedback sessions, in our team meetings, we use the Enneagram like it's our second language. And it's so powerful. So if any of you are not on the Enneagram train yet, you need to get on because it's the best leadership tool I've ever found. Yeah, we love it. We think Chad broke it. There's all these numbers. He's an accountant. He was trying to make them fit on top and below. And I'm like, that's not how it works, man. He's like, wings? What the heck? <laughs> so Java Joy is here. Java Joy is out west. How in the heck did this thing get started? Yeah, so when we built our, our bigger building, um, we, we started inviting our corporate partners in. So a corporate partner for us is someone who is an in-kind donor, a business or an organization that donates either in-kind or cash. And these are businesses that are helping our bottom line, annual supporters, they're funding our programs. And so um, one of the cool things about our new bigger building is we had more space for them to come and volunteer. And so they were coming and I was having all these business leaders tell me, Laura, we love giving the ESP, but I have to tell you, it's a little bit selfish too. And all of them kind of like confess this to me, right? And as if it's unique. And I'm like, well, that's okay. It could be selfish for you. And they're like, you know, it's, there's just this joy that my employees come back to the office with and it's contagious. And not only are they more proud to be a part of our business, but they're actually more productive and thus it hits the bottom line. And we really love and giving the ESP for that reason. Hold on, hold on. Accountant's got some questions here. People are sending their team, Mm -hmm. they're giving time and money and they have a better bottom line. I swear by it. That is amazing. I swear by it. That math doesn't work in the black and white world, but in the real world of business and community, that is awesome. And I think that is what most, if you're listening and you're a young entrepreneur or a young business owner, you need to understand that. I can't tell you how it works. I can't tell you why, but I've seen it over and over. If you plug in to the community and the nonprofits and put heart and passion with your team, you will make more money. Absolutely. Don't even understand it, but it works every time. Absolutely. And not only that, but customers expect it now. I mean, if you look at the current generation of purchasers or users or whoever your clientele is, there's an expectation that there is some type of corporate involvement and some type of give back opportunity. People want to know that they are doing business with people that want to create good. And that corporate responsibility component is an expectation now and in the current world. So what's crazy with this, Laura, is that I'm 100% with you. People are such, they're, they're cause driven. They want to see your company doing something to benefit the community. Chad, you don't know this probably. Me and Chad, by the way, like we're business partners, but we don't tell each other like anything. It's like, hey, are we good? And he's like, yeah, we're good. All right, let's roll. We stay in our lanes. So yeah, so well. we're a participant in one of ESP's programs on a consistent basis. I don't even know anything about it. Here's the this is the bad thing about it, Laura. You've done such a good job on your end. If anybody ever comes and says, 
hey, I'm doing this, ESP. I'm like, shut up. Here's, give me the check. Like, where do I sign it and how much is it for? We need some, something would provide stats. I think stats one of our team members just jumped out of a plane. Yeah, right. yeah, one of our guys Robbie just jumped. He so, risked yeah, we almost lost a manager because this of ESP. Is, this is a great this is idea. Crazy. This is crazy. Yes, I'm you like, You got people right. jumping out of planes for free. No, 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 no. I think not we're for free. Pay, I think we paid for him to jump out of a plane. Yeah, like not this for free. This just gets even insane. Like, like, I don't even know. I'm going to jump out of a plane, and I'm going to give money this? to the organization when I do. I'm like, well, uh, can we just give money and not risk losing one of my key guys? <laughs> no, 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 no. And Laura, this is the cool part with our guy. Robbie Beck is works with us, and he jumped He's out. He's amazing. And he wore his company T-shirt, and he wore socks with our logo on it. Nice. To jump out of a plane. That's some great branding right there. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? It's See? awesome. Oh, so look, she's, this is about being a visionary, and she's the best salesperson I've ever Look, met. up she in the us. sky. It's a bird. She's it's with a plane. Check today. No, it's Athens Cleaning Company. Yeah, some socks. <laughs> there you go. But you do. You've created this phenomenal opportunity for people to get engaged. And they do, they do see the selfish, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to give to you, Laura, and ESP and what you guys are doing, but i got to be honest with you because I don't want you to feel like I'm being too philanthropic. My, my employees and team members are performing at a higher level, it seems, on the days that they go work and volunteer with you guys. Yeah, and customers want to purchase our product because we're involved with something that is meaningful and good. And I think that's okay. Like, I'm not afraid to share yeah. that actually it can help your bottom line. It should. It should. And I think that's something that we provide that's a value add to our corporate partners. And so when these business leaders are saying, hey, we want to be an ESP, I'm like, well, not every business owner can come to ESP. There's some organizations that, you know, think about the industries and manufacturing plants, things like that, that can't come to us. What if we came to them? You're going to take it to them. Oh, what if we came to them? And at the same time, I know that 85% of adults with disabilities who want and can work are unemployed. 85% unemployment rate. And so back to the lead with compassion, you know, that that's a problem, right? Yes. That is a problem. And so um, we had started this bouncing beans cart to serve our, our camp counselors during the summer. And I kind of watched that interaction married with the interaction with our corporate leaders who were saying, hey, we love being involved with ESP for this reason. And that's when Java Joy was created. We were standing in the, our new kitchen and had just finished building the building. Of course. We were in the middle of summer The vision camp. came to completion. Laura's like, huh, what else? What am I going to do next? That's right. That's right. And um, man, we hopped on it. I had to buy a, um, a, the actual name, the actual LLC name from someone else in Texas. But we, I mean, we went for it all in. We started a Kickstarter campaign. And I'll never forget our first uh, experience was at a bank. It was in December. It was an old trailer like custodial cart that we threw the logo on the front <laughs> and we were wearing Santa hats and had t-shirts screen printed. And we were like, all right, let's try this thing out. We had raised $15,000 on a Kickstarter campaign. We had partnered with Jittery Joe's. They were like, oh, okay, you know, good luck. And um, we had a line of 30 business owners wanting to talk to me to say, when can we book Java Joy? Wow. And I knew in that moment, that was the very first, and we were given hugs. This was pre-COVID giving hugs and, you know, high fives and people were feeling awesome at this bank. No one wanted to leave. They were loving the coffee, loving the experience. And, um, and I knew that day I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be far more successful than we ever imagined it being. So you upgraded to a better janitor cart? We did. We upgraded to an actual like cart, um, (laughs) a trailer cart that, that, you know, is behind a van that's been pulled behind a van. And we have a nice reclaimed wood from St. Udio's. 
um, a nice pretty cart that we bring into high rises and outside and it can go anywhere and we employ joyristas which is a barista plus joy is a joyrista so that's kind of where that comes from and um and so we were we're operating we operated for two years uh, i think the last pre-covid we did 286 events in one year Whoa. so nearly um an event a day essentially and employed i had no idea yeah amazing so we were driving to Atlanta pretty often to do events in downtown Atlanta. We did, we served every single Chick-fil-A operator um, throughout the country at, at uh, Chick-fil-A corporate. So we did some really cool events. And at one of those events, um, it was a company called Barracuda. Um, they are from San Francisco. Their second headquarters is in Atlanta. Crazy story. The way that we got to that booking was... Um, a guy who used to work for me at ESV met his wife at ESV, another former counselor. Uh, they got engaged on our steps, got married, had some ESV participants. In, did they want to get married to each other, or, or did you tell them they should? Um, <laughs> You're like, let me uh, tell you what I see for you. In the oh, future. That, you see that church uh, over there? Yeah, you, you caught me. I did set them up. Um, of course you did. Of course, but that's perks of the job. Um, and then five years later, they had their own son with a disability. Oh, wow. And so now what's beautiful about it is that he, so he books Java Joy in Atlanta for his company. Uh, Java Joy goes out there. These are many of the kids that were in his cabin, in his group when he was a camp counselor. Java Joy serves. Uh, they served one of the board members on Barracuda's company. Uh, his name is Andrew. He's a venture capitalist in San Francisco. And Andrew had never had an engagement with someone with a disability before. Mm. And so he has this engagement with Colin, one of our joyristas, and he flies back to San Francisco. And this is a guy who went to two Ivy League schools. He's bought and sold several, several companies, gone public with several companies. And he called me three days later and he's like, I cannot get Java Joy off my mind. And he's like, I've never experienced anything like that. I've looked at your website, I've listened to your TED Talk, all the things. And he's like, I want to bring Java Joy to San Francisco. And I'll never forget, it. I was standing in my kitchen and I'm like, how in the world are we going to get Java Joy to San Francisco? And I was immediately like, sure, yes. <laughs> yeah, of I was going to say, yes. you're like, you weren't like, yeah, no, yes. think about it, call me back in the morning. No. Like, yeah, we can do that. No, nope. I said, yeah. It's just one of those, like, you got to walk out of the room and you're like, I got to figure out how to tell my husband about this phone call without him killing me. Oh my gosh, yes. And my <laughs> colleagues who all were going to be like, are you serious, Laura? You said yes. Um, and what I should have said is like, how much money do you want to donate? But I was like, yes, yes. we'll do it. And um, so he was coming back in town for the masters and we threw a proposal in front of him and said, listen, this is what we think the startup costs will take. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And, um, and he, so we flew out in December before COVID, um, and launched Java Joy in San Francisco, hired Joyristas out there. We were in the Transamerica building, Airbnb corporate, Lyft corporate, um, Goldman Sachs. I mean, you name it. We were all around downtown San Francisco and people could not get enough of it. So before this, you're in Watkinsville, Georgia. You're serving predominantly the area around Athens and Atlanta. And I'm assuming you're serving with people that were connected with ESP. And now you're, now let's just go do this however many thousands of miles away that I don't know what it is, but it ain't close to here. 
do you already have an organization out there that you could like, this is where we could find our joyristas or our partner organizations? Or I'm sure there's a million details. Oh, but. there's a million details, but it's super simple and, and we figured it out. We, you know, I love a good whiteboard. So there's whiteboards all over ESP and we did a huge whiteboard session um, with Michael Rips and several people, um, you know, throughout our community that are supporters of, of Java Joy and basically figured out if we want to go to another city with Java Joy, we need a coffee partner. So a local coffee roaster, a coffee company that people know, people respect, they love loving. And so automatically, if they've never had an interaction with a person with a disability, they're going for the coffee. They want good coffee, so I'm going, I'm going in for the interaction. So that's super important. A nonprofit partner, we're not gonna compete with another nonprofit. There are thousands of nonprofits out there trying to employ adults with disabilities that cannot find employment opportunities for adults with disabilities. So that was super easy. Found a partner out there, said, hey, we wanna employ 15 of your joyristas. They're like, yes, we'll provide job coaches. We'll give you whatever help that you need. Um, and then the last part is a champion who's gonna raise the funds and build connections throughout the community for launch week. So we flew four of our joyristas from Athens to San Francisco with us for our launch week um, for their first ever business trip. And it's so was amazing. Awesome. Oh, that's so it amazing. It was awesome. So what they did is they trained the joyristas that we hired in San Francisco. The San Francisco joyristas wore um, brown aprons all week. And the Athens joyristas wear white aprons with their name embroidered on it. And then at the end of the week, when the San Francisco joyristas were trained, we had a white apron ceremony. And oh. so the joyristas from Athens like passed the gavel to the amazing. San Francisco yeah. joyristas. Which it is was your culture, right? Awesome. You say culture of celebration. So like, yes. hey, we've done yes. the work. It's it's graduating. You're graduating from this color to the white to white color. That's like, right. And their official. parents were there, and oh, there were wow. so many tears, and it was awesome. It was so great here. Is what's amazing to me, and this is where you're a rock star that's on such a higher level than most any other entrepreneur or business owner I know. You are an amazing visionary, but you're able to take that vision and implement it into action. And not only to be able to see, let me say yes to this, you see the vision or you have an idea or you say yes, and you're able to immediately pivot and put those items into action and build the people behind it. I think that's that's the biggest piece of this that a lot of people miss. They either are over here in the weeds, working day to day, putting out the fire, serving coffee, or they're over here thinking about all these great ideas they, they, they can do or should do, or maybe what if we done this? You've been able to merge those two. How have you been able to, to make that happen and to figure out how to turn from visionary to implementer? Yeah, and I think there's another group of people that are sitting in the all the reasons why we can't do something, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, and we saw that during COVID. We, I saw that sure. in going to San Francisco. It's like there were a bajillion reasons why we shouldn't go to San Francisco, but there were also a bajillion reasons why. Bajillion is my favorite word, by the way. <laughs> um, there's a bajillion <laughs> reasons why we should, right? See, that's and I'm word so. Is so. So I, we, we all go. have them. So, <laughs> so awesome, love it, amazing. Don't even, that's why I'm a co-host, and Josh gets to be the host. <laughs> I say, say the same so. words over and over. Most of those are we positive get it, words, Josh. Though. 
Most of those are positive words. I just feel good. like everybody understands what like the emphasis of bajillion. <laughs> and so bajillion. Just, that sounds it's big. Just the biggest. Thing I just see I like a blur of. of zeros. There's not like yes. a specific number. I there. do wonder about what you think about bajillion. <laughs> I don't. I've, I've, I've never typed it in a tax return. I don't know what that you looks like on paper. That's right. Hey, first time you do get it in a tax return, call Laura. She'll get all that person's money. I know what to do with it. I know what to do with the bajillion dollars. Just hand it over, and I'll make them feel really good about giving me a bajillion dollars too. Um, but in terms of implementation, I, you know, I work a lot and I, I, I spend a lot of time focusing on our vision. And I think it does, at the end of the day, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of time. It takes, um, a lot of vision casting with a team that is talented. Um, and I think being committed to a certain perspective, like, okay, if, if we say yes, and we're going to do this, we're going to do it with a culture of celebration and we're going to do it really, really well. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I feel like surrounding yourself with really remarkable people makes all the difference. People that are telling you, you can do it. People that are giving you advice on what you should do differently. I have a lot of people that speak truth into me on a regular basis through mentorship. And, um, I think all of those things, great people, um, a lot of courage and compassion, a great culture, kind of those that the mix of those things makes fulfilling a vision, um, not just something we talk about or not something that we hope for, but something that we actually do. That's really cool. And when you talk about that, you staying focused and putting a lot of work and effort and time in the vision, and you're working with some challenges of volunteers and team members that's never done anything like this before, are you okay letting a lot of the little stuff linger, those balls drop a little bit to stay focused on that vision? Are you trying to stay 30,000 foot and, and take big steps instead of worrying about all the small stuff? I've had to learn to get okay with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I say I'm always great In business, that. that's what we struggle with is, are we going to sacrifice down here yeah. to be up here somewhere? And your visions are so big at this point. And when you were 19 and back in the old days, like you probably could hand, you probably wasn't anybody to hand anything off to. So you no, had to be the vision and like the, the doer. Yeah. But your visions are so big now, you can't be both of those things. There's no. no way. How have you been able to overcome that? Like how have you gotten to a point where like, okay, I got to stay in the vision mode and inspiration and driving the emotional energy bus here. And I can't be painting the lines on the road at the same time. I got to let somebody else do that. How have you made that? Because that's a difficult, yeah, that's a difficult yeah. thing. I to struggle do. with that every day. Talk yeah. to I us want about to that. serve my clients at a high level and run my business at a high level. But to grow my business, I've got to brainstorm. I've got to think vision. I've got to figure wow. out what are the next steps. How have you been able to navigate that? Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever read the book Rocket Fuel, but it's it essentially the buying concept. it today. We're, no, no, no. no. We, we're we're track. We're all about traction. Yes. Oh, is this yeah. all the traction? It's line? essentially yes. yes. It's the same. Okay. It's the next book. Um, so essentially, yeah, the concept is you have a visionary and then you yes. have implementers mm -hmm. and you have remarkable implementers. And I think I was doing that without even knowing what I was doing. But when I read that book, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what we do. I think having remarkable implementers that are coachable, um, that understand the quality. And again, you know, I go back to, it's not Laura's vision because if it's Laura's vision, then Ashley and Jake and Gina, who are implementers, aren't always going to want to follow Laura's vision because I could piss them off one day and they could be like, I don't want to follow your vision. It's their vision, right? And, and so, your vi the visions that you might cast, I mean, it's never about scaling down or scaling back. It's always about next level, new right. level, new devil, right? Like that's this requires right. more work. We got to stretch. We got to grow. 
you got to get them to buy into that. Totally. I'm going to make your job harder here for a second. That's We're going right. to the next level. And the ingenuity of it and all the creative sides of it, I think, are very attractive for those people. But, you know, not everybody is going to be the visionary. Not everybody is going to have the, the aha moment or the idea, but they can implement it, and they're really remarkable at it. We have a, a very dynamic culture with coaching, and so it looks like, uh, a one-on-one meeting with everybody all the way through our organization. So every okay. week you sit down with whoever manages you and there's two questions that are asked. I mean, you go through a list of things, but one question that every employee asks is, um, what is the question? I don't ask it that often because I don't have anybody I, that I report to. The question is, what, what feedback do you have for me? Okay. What feedback yeah. do you have for me? And the second question is the employee or the employer to the employee, and it's how can I better support you? Love it. What feedback do you have? Not do you have feedback for me, but what feedback do you have for There's me? There's an expectation There's an, to get an answer to that question. There is an expectation to get the answer. And then the supervisor also, there's an expectation to get an answer. How can I better support you? So I think that cadence of feedback, constant feedback, really helps us to be able to escalate very quickly and the dynamic to grow very quickly because people are growing fast and there's not this awkwardness of this like yearly annual review where people aren't growing within our organization. There's very much this like, and in moments where I'm like, hey, the quality of something wasn't great. You know, you talked about if I would have run it this way, but I really think, and we've had that with Java Joy, you know, I've looked at it and I'm like, oh, whoa, wait a second. We're, this right here, this event right here was a Java Joy 1.0, which in our language was like, that was so last year. We're already at 2.2, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you think about like an iPhone upgrading. It's like, no, we're at 2.0 was December when we launched. We're not going back there. 2.2 was with the coronavirus. So we're kind of always updating. Um, and, and then I'll pull my staff aside and say, hey, guys, let me coach you for a second. And that's, that's cue for, hey, let me give you some feedback. But they're not surprised when I do that, you know. And so then if I, there's always that culture of coaching, then I think people want to rise to the occasion and they're give, being given feedback on a regular basis, which helps with the quality of things. And, and that's the, the next impressive thing is through the coaching, you're also able to step out a little more yes. and to be able to, to focus on some different things or to figure out how to grow and where to go from here. So that's... Uh, again, the the steps of how it's grown and where you're at and to now be at a place where you can position yourself to be able to step back a little bit and focus other places or maybe even get away a little bit. That's yeah. awesome. I want to work myself out of a job. That's like every yeah. business owner's dream, like freedom. Yes. And it's so hard to figure out. Yes. And you've done that. In the middle of starting cross-country companies and building multi-million dollar buildings that's amazing like my, my hat goes off to you that's really freaking well, cool when i can actually leave ESP, then you can give me the congratulations <laughs> so we'll see about that but yeah it's i think every day i think about what are the things that only laura can do and there's like a long list of things that a lot of other people can do and there's yeah. a very short list of the things that only laura can do and those need to be my top priorities Second to serving my people and supporting my people and listening to my people, I've got to focus on the things that only Laura can do. And, you know, one day that's going to be somebody else. It's not going to be Laura. It's going to be somebody else's name. But um, but I think if we can, as business leaders, can pull back and think about that, what is what is it, what are the things that only we can do? I think there's really power in that. And sometimes we have, have fun or we, we pretend like we have a lot to do and we're in the weeds, you know, and it's a lot harder to pull back. 
and to do the things that only we can do. And we just have to force ourselves to make that list and focus on the things that only we can do. So Laura, other than, I know you're a person of faith and that you draw a lot of your energy and ability to do these things from your relationship with God. Outside of that, mm-hmm. where do you go to generate courage? Because a lot of these decisions that you make as to follow the visions, lots of people have visions, not as many people decide that they're courageous enough to go after it, especially in, in the levels of risk that, that you're going after. I mean, crazy goals, crazy dreams, crazy visions, they're big. Where do you go for the energy and support and to get the courage, as well as in you're a big dreamer, a big thinker, you're thinking bigger than most of the people in your, that are around. Mm-hmm. Where do you go to stretch your thinking and to stretch you from a visionary standpoint? It's an interesting question right now because I'm in a, a tired state of my career. But um, I, yeah, for sure my faith is number one. And I, I find a lot of inspiration when I'm exercising or doing something outside of the office. office. But um, I think my husband is a big part of what I do and being able to talk through things with him. I think the the best answer, though, is that I am always listening and observing um, the stories of our families. And so, you know, the best example I can give is I learned something so new, and I've been there for 16 years. We had a family share that their daughter was typical until she was nine and had a brain tumor, caused brain swelling. She now has an intellectual disability and no use of her limbs um, at all. And they were describing what summer camp was this summer. And and basically the synopsis of their story was at the end of the summer, their daughter Mariah said, you know, I really wish I could use my arms and my legs, but if I had to choose whether to use my arms and legs, or if I had to go to ESP, I would choose to not use my arms and legs and go to ESP is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I am speechless. And that, I mean, that happened. I mean, I just sobbed when I heard that because I thought like, oh my gosh, we're creating a place where people would choose their disabilities just to be able to access what we do. And that's like relationship right there. And immediately I thought about my own children because I have three typical children. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I saw ESP in a whole nother lens. I thought... I am so glad there is an ESP because one of my three typical children, one day something could happen to them. And I'm so thankful that our community has an ESP that they can go to. And so I think those th- those things, if I listen and I open my ears to hear that, there's enough of them to be able to say like, whoa, that's that's some inspiration right there. Like I'm super tired. I didn't want to speak at a corporate lunch today. But then you hear that and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a part of something so remarkable. And that gives me energy to keep keep moving forward. You're not supposed to say you're tired of giving speeches to the guys who booked you to give a speech tomorrow. I'm not going to lie. Guilty. I was a little worried about that because I'm like, I'm, I'm right before I'm about to go on my sabbatical and I'm talking about vision and I'm like, I'm super tired. I'm super tired. Probably the first time in my career I have felt like the least creative. Um, I'm I'm still gonna do a great job tomorrow. We're gonna bring it. You oh, you're gonna crush it. Well, Laura, here's tomorrow. the deal: is you're that... crushing it right now, and this ain't even planned. We're yeah. just talking, having a conversation, and I'm so inspired. I've learned so much that I can take back as a business owner from this and uh, this podcast alone. That's why Josh and I love doing these podcasts. Is it's so selfishly valuable to us? Oh yeah. Not only is our audience learning things, and and we're teaching here, and you're sharing things that are useful and entertaining. We learn so much. Like just having this conversation, I'm thinking while you're talking, I'm thinking through things in my life and my business and 
it, it's just it's so valuable. And we're tomorrow you're going, it's going to be amazing. You're going to kill it. We're, we're a lot like our corporate it. donors in that we, finger quotes, do this podcast for the listeners. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. That's how we bait you. This is yeah, Come sit down right. and talk to me free coaching and consulting. Like, this really? This is a free hour and a half one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. It works out great coaching. for us. Yeah, seriously. We're like, we gave that money and Robbie to jump out of the plane. Let's get Laura in here for the podcast <laughs> for the listeners. That's what we do. But I got a question. So you're going to go on a sabbatical. How long is this sabbatical for? It's for a month. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes. You have like... A 15-ish, 15-ish year career with ESP, and you have like nine careers built into that 50. Like, you've gotten so much done. And three and babies. I can't imagine. And three babies. Oh, my That's, goodness. It's You're, been a journey. It's She's amazing. A if there's ever a podcast to take notes and to listen to and go back and implement, whether you are a large business, a small business, a mom and pop, a startup entrepreneur, this is it. Like so many things here from implementation to vision to how to figure out how to take a sabbatical. It's like a dream. And I think every business leader deserves the opportunity. Probably say less than 1% ever make it. Yes. They're in their 60s and they've built businesses and they've done things and they've never taken 30 days off or two weeks off or whatever it may be. We're That's talking about all the stuff that Laura's done and the hey three Josh, kids. Hey Josh, I'm leaving Friday. Um, I'll, <laughs> Seriously. I'll see you in December. Right? Unfortunately, cool with Chad, that? I'm leaving as well. So we'll You're leaving that. tonight, right. right? I'm getting out of here tonight. <laughs> I canceled my plans for tomorrow. I've had two panic attacks this week. I don't need another one. Yeah, seriously. Uh, well, the, the, the thing is it's, that's unique in regards to what you're doing too is, and you said you've been at been at ESP for 15 years, 16 Almost years? Six, yeah, 16 years. 16 years. You're in a ridiculously high burnout industry, like yes. from the standpoint of special needs, that's one burnout industry, but also in a working nonprofit, nobody lasts more than a few years for the most part. And right. here you have like doubling, things, thing, doubling those things up and maintaining a ridiculously successful career so far. I think you've deserved your, your 30 days off. Now here's what I'm gonna say to you. Your middle name's Hope, right? That's right. I hope that your board of directors are prayerful people. Because Laura Whitaker is about to take 30 days off. Oh, I don't know what she's going to come back with. And she's going to come back. I'd be like back. a nervous wreck if I was on that board. I think, they, I think they are. I think they They're are. like, Laura, we're going we're gonna to let you go on a 30-day sabbatical. By the way, during the 30 days, we're going to replace all of ourselves. Like, because you're going to come back. There's going to be like an ESP cruise ship or something. Oh I don't know something. what we don't, don't know what's about to something. happen. I'm nervous. She's going to come back and be like, all right, so on my 30-day sabbatical, crazy thing, uh, I was in San Francisco and I was, you know, we're just stopped by. I saw a Java Joy truck. I stopped by and I ran into Elon Musk. And so Java Joy is on its way to Mars. We're going to be there. Me and Elon, I'm going to do some consulting and coaching. It wouldn't be surprising if you actually said that. He's on days. my list. I would I love to serve him some Java Joy coffee. Yes. It's going to happen. One day. It's just win. It will. Well, I was going to ask you that question, too, and you told me about the sabbatical. I was going to be, what's the vision hold for Laura Whitaker? But it's almost a wasted question right now because you're about to go on a sabbatical. Yeah, and that's really kind of the goal is to figure that out. Um, I'm definitely not ready to leave ESB. I think there is um, there is so much still in the cards for me and for our organization at ESB. I think I just I, I need a break and yeah. time. Um, it's funny though, you know, as a three on the Enneagram, I had all these things I was going to do on sabbatical <laughs> Yeah. and I was going to write a book. Love it. I, hey, I, was, no lie. I was about to ask you and I thought, thought of it 15 minutes ago. Hey, what's the name of your book going to be? 
Yep. See, I, I already have an outline. Threes, I've got the t I've got it all figured out. I was going to put together like a consulting program because I really love watching people um, find success and vision casting for people. You know, I saw all these things and I sat down with my mentor and this is the power of mentorship. And so I'm talking through with my mentor, Steve, about, you know, these different things and I'm just getting his advice. What, which thing do you think I should focus on during sabbatical? I want to read. I want to, you know, and he just looks at me with this smirk the entire time I was talking. And then I'm like, what? And he's like, you do know the definition of sabbatical. You would be achieving if you did nothing on sabbatical. He's like, hey, Laura, during that sabbatical, you may want to take a sabbatical. Exactly. Yeah. You may want to take a sabbatical. It's like being in prison. No pen, no paper, no phone. You need to like, <laughs> oh you're gosh. only allowed no to take some clothes media. and that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's, right. that's it. Um, and I'm like, whoa. And at that point, I, I put away the notebook and I was like, all right, that's the challenge for me. And he knows me well enough. Ah, the three challenge. He yes. knew me well enough now to a, position that it's in a, a win way. or lose. That's right. He I knew love that. It. The other thing, funny thing that he did was when I was trying to decide whether or not to go, and of course, there's mom guilt associated with it. Then 2020 comes and I've spent more time with my children than I ever have before. So, like, <laughs> check that off the list. And then there's, you know, the financial things and there's there all, the, all these different things and I'm like well you know I really don't feel like with COVID and everything else I don't want to leave my team right now and um, a couple of our other staff are, are up for sabbatical as well in the next year so after five years they get a three-week sabbatical and we don't pay for them to go on a trip but we give them the time off was that your vision yeah Gosh. well we can't pay them what a lot of for-profits can pay them so we compensate them and things like that you know she to, makes to me keep sick them she's around. so old. she's so good it is like, kind of cultish but it's i mean we want to keep them there <laughs> and keep them. i kind of want to like write a number on paper to see if like i could convince you to come work with me yeah. but i also want to quit everything and just come work come with on you. Oh, yeah. just come work with me <laughs> oh, she said that energy yeah, yeah. she yeah. said yeah. no sabbatical either now hired she said culture of celebration she meant cult of celebration <laughs> so, here chad i got this kool-aid i need you to drink just take two sips and we'll talk so i don't know I, I don't know if you remember that you'll definitely remember your situation i think this is like two years ago you broke some ribs i did you're still right in course you stopped working right took some rest Heck no. No, she still, I ran into her at her chamber meeting or something. And you're like, oh, I got these broke ribs. And I remember saying to this to you, I'm like, it's not like holding you back from what you're doing. Like God's just, he's going to he's slowing you down and give you a break for what's coming next. Totally. And so the really cool thing is you're about to go on a sabbatical. Yeah. And you're going to be like, oh, all this stuff I got to do. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like yeah. God slowed down after he created the earth, the yeah. universe. Yeah. And like he did okay after that, yeah. so I think yeah. for you, yeah. again, I I pity your board, I pity your employees. They're gonna come back, and you're gonna be like, there's gonna be a daggum halo around her head and fire in her eyes. They're gonna be like, oh, uh oh. Or I may God. never come back. That's the other option. I may I don't just think love it so anybody much. Anybody is worried never... about that scenario <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. I, I don't think that's it. So, in wrapping this up. If you had to give one piece of advice to our audience, if you had to leave everybody with one tip. By the way, but when he says our audience, he means Josh and Chad. Yeah. The rest right. of them are going to listen along. No but. one's listening to this, right? <laughs> um, ooh. We even got people listening right now, Laura. We that's got, right. We got an audience over here. Live studio audience. That's right. Oh, that's a hard question. There's so many things. Put you on the spot there a, a little things. bit. Okay, well, well, take it back from me. And see, I said me and J Josh and Chad. She's like, oh my God, there's so much I got to tell you guys. Let's <laughs> pretend it's a listener again. It's not us. You don't have to fix us. Just tell a listener what they need to hear. What do they need? What do they need? You know, 
I think one of the beautiful things about ESV is that we are always focusing on the ability in people. And I think that transcends people with different abilities. I think that transcends all of us. And thinking through the God-given abilities that we've been given, I just wonder what a world would look like if we all tapped into the abilities that we were given. And I think focusing on the abilities that we were created with, not focusing on the things that we can't do, but really strengthening the abilities within ourselves. What, what can we do to give back? What can we do to strengthen our businesses? What can only we do as parents or whatever? I think um, one of the beautiful things about my journey is I've been able to use my strengths that God gave me. You know, I would have been a terrible teacher, but I love being an entrepreneur. I get to be creative. I get to lead people. And, um, and I just, I, I think it would be really cool to live in a world in which people really focused on, on their abilities and treated each other for the abilities that God gave us. I love that you asked that as questions. Like you just, you just told us something, but you didn't give us the answer. You gave us the questions to ask. So. Yeah. And tap into being stronger, which is a Zach yeah. lead in to why you're going to crush it yeah. tomorrow at the stronger business summit i mean this so yeah they'll, they'll, people will hear this after the summit so i gotta ask this question are you bringing the captain's hat yes yeah yes. i was actually kind of disappointed you didn't bring it today i should it's in my car i bring it around <laughs> i have no idea how to I drive a boat but i know how to captain an organization you, hey, oh, there so we go number it. one item on the sabbatical list <laughs> I was gonna say. learn how to drive a boat yes <laughs> yes it's actually learn to surf Oh, yes. I'm in the pro. Oh, my God. It's so hard. We need to talk about that. Uh, I spent this last year trying to learn to surf. <sighs> Mad props to surfers. Uh, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's fun, though. It's going to be fun, and I'm going to follow yeah. my face. It's going to be awesome. Pretty sure oh, Chad man. just told you you couldn't learn how to surf. Uh, he did. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to set her up for success uh-huh. here. It's a lot harder than you think. He He's, like, it looks easy. He's like, I'm not saying that she can't do it. I'm just saying, like, it's really hard. Yeah. what if she couldn't? Two years. You know? Probably two years. You figure out. You figure yeah, out. Yeah, right. Sorry. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so impactful for our audience, for us. So much value here. You're busy. You have a lot going on. So grateful for your time. Excited to hear you tomorrow. Tap into more and tell us more about vision and where the captain's hat and all the things that come along with us following you in the future. Where can people find you at? Where can people find ESP? Yeah. So ESPUandMe.org is our website. Uh, my email is Laura at ESPU and me, and I also have my own website, which is hopesweethome.com. Oh, and it's legit. Your blog is awesome. Thank you. My, my daughter's middle name is Hope, so I'm always like, hey, this girl's middle name is Hope, too. Look at her. Read this stuff. Let's do it. So it's awesome. It. And so, guys, check out the TED Talk, because you have a TED Talk as well, yeah. and just Google Laura Whitaker TED Talk, and I'm sure you'll find it. Watch and it awesome. and fast forward, though. Just... Trust me. Okay. Well, you can just watch it in super sure. speed because it's the cadence of it is very, they make you talk very slowly and very clearly. And so I watched it one time and I was like, homegirl, get, get to yeah. the point. Hurry up, lady. Get Bring to it. the point. So you, you, and on YouTube, you can watch it in like super speed. So well, you heard it from Laura Whitaker. She cast a vision for you. Watch the video, super speed. It'll change your life. Laura, thanks for being here. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Entrepreneur Adventure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please be sure to like and subscribe to The Entrepreneur Adventure wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on the web at www.theentrepreneuradventure.com 
and follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And remember, the entrepreneur adventure does not have to be traveled alone, but is a journey to be shared. We'll catch you next time on Entrepreneur Adventure, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before.